Thank you for tuning into the City Church California podcast. We exist for anyone to believe in God, to become who God created them to be, and to build the church and our city. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so that you can be updated anytime we add new content. Now let's check out the latest message from our Sunday gathering. And today we're going to continue in our series, Tis the Season, and we're going to begin to look at the life of the shepherds. And for me, Tis the Season is a time to be happy, festive, and joyful, but also I want to begin to grow and develop in my relationship with Jesus Christ. And I just want you to know this, distance makes our heart grow harder. But togetherness makes our heart grow softer. Did you get that? When we're distant, our heart will grow harder. But when we're together, our heart will grow softer. And what we're going to begin to do, last week we learned how to listen and obey. Today we want to experience, then we're going to share. Please hear me. Never try to share anything you've never experienced. When you try to share something you haven't experienced, that's like chewing someone else else's gum. It has the sensation of chewing, but it's robbed of the original flavor. And so we never try to share Christ unless we've experienced Christ. And we're going to begin to look at that today in the lives of the shepherd. Then next week, we're going to look at sacrifice and worship in the lives of the wise men, because worship always includes sacrifice. And I want you to know this. You could write this down. You could think about it, whether you're online or here. The shepherds show us that a shared God experience leads to a powerful shared proclamation. When we together experience God together, we could proclaim God in a very powerful way. And we see that, please get this, our life in worship is always for other people. When we come together and we're worshiping like crazy, it's not just for us, it's not just for God, it's always for others. And I want you to know this, our lives can go beyond the field we're in right now when we experience God together and we share with others. So here we go. I want to say this, turn in your Bibles. We already said this, Luke chapter two. But I also want to say this, what qualified these shepherds in the field at night 2,000 years ago to have probably one of the most historic God experiences in history. I would say, number one, they were faithful in the field that they found themselves. They just kept showing up together. Another one which we're going to see at the end of this sermon, this preaching, this teaching, this communication, this talk, is that that field wasn't just any field. It was a field where the lambs were being raised for sacrifice. So it is the atonement of Jesus Christ that qualifies us to experience God together. Can you say amen? So as we're going to begin to read uh, verse 8 to 20, I want you to begin to mark how many times the word they and them, they and them are mentioned. Church is never just about you and I. It's about us experiencing God together. We experience together, then we share with others. Here we go. Now they were in the same country 
shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over the, their flock by night. So it's not just a flock or a pastor's flock, but their flock by night. Verse 9. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid, or they were astonished. They wondered. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to not a few people, not just people in California, but all people. Verse 11, I love this, and this is a reason. There's good news. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Look at verse 12. And this will be the sign, not a sign, the sign, not a sign. Circle that definite article, the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. Verse 13, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, get this, praising God and saying, let's say it together out loud. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. Verse 15. So it was, then the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, underline that, that the shepherds said to one another, not one shepherd, shepherds, that the shepherds said to one another, and said this, let's now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. Underline that, made known to us. Underline that. I just got to take a preview right now. What makes this story different than the story of Mary, Joseph, or the Magi, the wise men? They had a shared revelation. And anytime we share in a revelation together, it's synergistic. That's what business calls it. One plus one doesn't equal two. It takes us beyond the field that we are in. So let's go this. It says, which the Lord has made known to us, verse 16, and they came with hate. That means they ran really quick in a 5K run and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now, when they had seen him, they made widely known, they, not just one, they, not just one, that's where we get sharing with others, they made uh, widely known the same which was told them concerning this Christ. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds, more than one. Verse 19, love this, I want you to circle, kept and pondered, kept and pondered, we'll come back to that. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart, verse 20, then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they, they, look at this, the things that they heard and seen as it were told them. Ah, oh, got a witness. Thank you, baby. <laughs> Out of the mouth of a babe, amen. Screaming at the, ow, at the word of God. Would to God someone would give a witness when the Bible's read. Come on. Can you say Amen. You know, I want to tell you this, uh, as we end 2021 and begin, we're ready to employees to go into a new year. It is my dream that this church would not be shepherded by a few people on staff, but that everyone who calls City Church California home, that we would all be shepherds of one another. It wasn't one shepherd, it was shepherds living in the field. And can I say, we need one another to shepherd us. And you say, why? Why? 
not just as the Lord is my shepherd, we are one another's shepherd. We lead each other beside still waters. We restore one another's soul. And even though, and I feel this for someone, if you're going through a shadowed valley that brings death and doubt and division in your mind, your heart, and your life, you need not just the Lord as your shepherd. You need people who shepherd you and lead you, not drive you, manipulate you into the peaceful, restful waters of Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? And, and really, I want you to get this. It starts off, it says, the shepherds were living in a field at night. I personally think that needs to pulsate through the church in our land, that we're not just showing up for a good sermon. Oh, the music was good. Man, that guy really can talk. But we're shepherds in the field at night should pulsate within us that we are experiencing God together. Can you say amen? Now, I want you to begin to write this down okay the one of the top enemies i was going to say the number one enemy or the greatest enemy i'm going to bring it down a little bit i want to say one of the enemies of the church is a fantasy looking for the perfect ideal church when we fantasize about the perfect ideal church it becomes the enemy of the church that we have okay let me say it this way if you ever find a perfect ideal church hear me Never, ever join it because we will mess it up. <laughs> Are you with me? I'm looking for the perfect church, the perfect pastor, the perfect. You won't. If you find that, don't join it because you will mess it up. Now, the church we want can become an enemy of the church that we have and keep us from getting together. One of the reasons we don't like to be in the field at night together is because we know their shortcomings, we know their blind spots, we, well, we know their talents, but we also know the things that irritate us. Can I say a top enemy of a healthy marriage right now is dreaming and fantasizing about a future spouse that's all that then some in a can of Pringles. Oh, man, I got a big witness on that one. <laughs> Can you say amen? And so I really do believe right now we are going to experience God together. Then we share with others. We never, ever share until we experience. We do not share until we experience. Now, get this. I want you to get this. The shepherd's togetherness brought them into a God experience and led them into a transforming conversation. Go back to the text. I want you to see this. It says, the shepherd said to one another. Did you see this? The shepherd said to one another. Did you see it? Let's read it again together. It says, uh, it is verse 15. So it was when the angels had gone away from them, not just me, them, into heaven that the shepherds said to one another. Another version says this. Please get this. It says this. They began to speak to each other about what happened. They began to speak to each other about what happened. You know, one of the greatest values and benefits that we get to coming in church, not only online, but here in person with more than one person, don't come to church alone. I didn't go to prom alone. I didn't go to the movies alone. Don't come to church alone. Why? Because there's a great value. And I want you to think about this. You may want to write it down, maybe text it to someone that you love. Uh, one value of experiencing God together is to 
discussing, confirming, and celebrating with others. Are you with me? That we're able to talk, we're able to discuss, we're able to confirm, man, God really did something, and then we begin to celebrate. You know, as a youth pastor for over 25 years, one of my favorite things, I would tell parents, hey, sign your son or daughter up for the youth camp. And the parents go, oh, no, why, why do we need youth camp? I said, because when they experience God together, it's just three days, four days, five days, sometimes a week. And they have to leave their smartphones at home, their cell phones. They can't text or look at their Instagram. And they're there together, and they have a God experience together. It will be historic and life-changing. Why is it when we go on a mission trip with a group where young people would go on a mission trip? together and they experience God in another place, in another land, in another culture, they come back and they have an experience that is beyond their life at the present moment. Why? Because they experienced it together. Can I say when we come to church, I don't care what you are going through. You could be going through something that's so traumatic that you could barely get out of bed at times. But when we come here, all the trouble of life melts away and we're doing God together. It is phenomenal. Come on. You know, it's amazing. Uh, I know uh, a couple that instead of having a birthday party, he likes having a real big party. He lives in Montecito. And now I am not that person. When my birthday comes around, my, my idea of a good party is maybe three friends, four friends, six. Once you get beyond six, it's trouble. You know, now... <laughs> Becky is opposite. She like the more people at her party, she is going to, and she loves, not only does she like the number, she likes to be surprised. I'll never forget when she turned um, 25 times two, she's only 25 people. And it was on a Sunday and I gave her 25 times two white roses and we got in the car and she goes, where are we going I said, what about Wood Ranch? You'd have thought I turned into Satan. She goes, I am 25 times two. I don't want to tell her age, people. Come on. And, I, and she goes, and I go, well, you know what? You know, finances are a little bit low, you know? And I said, but you know what? David Ethel says he has a birthday check for you. She goes, well, drive me to Camarillo so I could get some money. Maybe I could go somewhere else to eat. <laughs> what she did not know, I had been planning for three months with a committee of six women. <laughs> Come on. Where two or three women are gathered in his name, there's going to be food and a party, okay? Men don't do that. Where two are gathered on the golf course, he's there. Come on. Kid you not. I said, why don't you go in and get the check, and I guess we'll go to the Lord. And so she goes in. They had 60 women screaming, surprised. They had food, table, decorations on the table. She was, oh. she was happy. And because you see, I'm not the person, if you come to my party and you give me a gift that I like, I'm going, oh my gosh, I wanted this. If you give one that I don't like, it's like, oh, what is this, you know? And then people get offended, but not Becky. It doesn't matter with the gift. Oh, I love it. I love it. I've always wanted it. I go, no, you don't. <laughs> You're going to re-gift that. that is, 
No. But you see, that is Becky, all right? Now, let me tell you, this friend of mine, he doesn't just have a party. He invites people to the party. And at the party are like the shepherds in the field at night. They have believers. But then he invites some people that believers that are going to become believers. You know the gospel of John chapter 20 verse 31, the last verse. It says, I have written these things to you that you may become believers, that you may come to believe. So he has those who are going to come to believe and those who have already believed. And so we go to the party and, and we're laughing together, having fun together. And I kid you not, they had a guy at the party and we're talking, we are laughing because this person had a bow and arrow set and, and most people were missing it and we were laughing. And I want you to get this, anytime you and I do something together and we experience it together, we share it together, it becomes powerful. Kid you not, his name is Adam. And Adam, at the beginning of this pandemic, put on his Facebook page. Now, look, I hope I'm telling the story right. I have the gift of exaggeration, all right? It's a spiritual gift. But the way I understood it, it goes this way. This story is based on true events, meaning I can ad-lib a little bit. Okay, kid you not, he put on his Facebook at the beginning of the pandemic saying, if, if this, this hits me, because everyone's waiting for a perfect situation to make a difference in their life. And I am convinced if we experience God together we will sh and we share with others together, it becomes way, way more powerful. He said, if you need medication or you need food or groceries, let me know. A few people started responding, then a lot of people started responding. And I kid you not, now hundreds of people respond. They give out food every week and now an organization has started and it's called Adam's Angels and you said what happened one person be had an experience then brought it to others and now they're powerfully sharing to others and people are wanting to know what they're doing can I say don't have a party by yourself don't go to the movies by yourself have a movie night have a party where you have believers and those who will come to believe and watch what happens when we experience God together even outside of these four walls. Are you with me on that? And I want you to get this. Uh, the shepherds were together and had an uncomic, historic experience. Together, I want you to write this down. Together, they heard and saw. It's something about when we come together and we have a row filled with people. They hear it, we hear it, then we begin to see it. Together, they overcome fear. Now, hey, do you have any fear in your life? I know some of you are going, no, I never have fear. Well, I have fear. I hear, have fear, number one, of things that I don't know what are going to happen. What's going to happen tomorrow? Now, I'll tell you what I really have fear. Things that I cannot control makes me concerned. You see, Becky has no fear with me because she controls me. <laughs> I have a lot of fear because I can't control her. Are you with me? We have fear when we can't control things, but if we come and experience together, we not only, come off, faith isn't just hearing. Job said, I have heard, but now I see. 
And you could be going through hell and suffering, but when you hear and you see with another person and your experience is together, and when you begin to doubt that experience, say, no, 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 remember we were on the front row? Remember it was the 11 o'clock service? Remember how you never felt the presence of God, then you felt the presence of God? Then all of a sudden, you're not only hearing, you're beginning to see God's goodness in your life. Are you with me? And peace and good will come. Everyone say together. Yes. Say it again. Yes. Shout it out. Yes. Together, get this, they beheld the gospel. Not only did they hear and see, not only did they overcome fear. I want to stop right now. What do you need to overcome in your life that makes you concerned? Keeps you up at night. You can't even go to bed. You have to watch Netflix too early in the morning because you're so concerned over this. Turn off the Netflix and begin to experience God with another person and together you will overcome the thing you cannot control. I have been married 35 years. And can I tell you, when you get married, oh yeah, I'm going to control him after I marry him. No, you won't. <laughs> you know, one lady way in the back going, uh-huh. <laughs> Another one is this, you behold the gospel. They began to see the gospel of Jesus Christ and they began, get this, they worshiped together. They worshiped together. Now, let me just say this and we're gonna move to the next one, share with others. Everyone say experience together. Say share with others. Now get this, a common, common thought today. It's a real common phrase. And I'm gonna say it like I am from Oklahoma. I'm really into Jesus. That's the best Oklahoma I could do. Because no one in California thinks this way. I'm really into Jesus, but I'm not into the church. Can I tell you? A relationship with Jesus without a relationship with other believers is not a real relationship. Let me say it another way is a fantasy. All it is is ideas. And honestly, I don't want ideas about Jesus. I need a reality about Jesus. Too much is happening in this world that is so out of my control. I am in a field at night, but thank God there's others that are with us that are in the same field that we're in, and it's the same darkness. But I believe when we're together, heaven's sky will open up, and there will be a new atmosphere, and we will begin to hear differently. And we'll, we'll be saying, not doomsday, oh, America. America's ending. No, peace and goodwill to all. Come on. Amen. And I really do believe this. I want to, uh, you to really write this down and think of what made their stories so different than the others. They experienced God together. They experienced God together. Now, everyone say share with others. Say it again. Share with others. You know, when we experience God together, then we begin to share with others. Never share with anyone something you've never experienced. Keep it to yourself until the experience becomes a reality. Now, let me ask you this. How many of you would like to get the world's attention? Adam is. Last week, a woman had a 5K run in her city to help a transitional home for women and this week, it's on the front of the newspaper. Why? Because they had an experience together. Now they share together and it becomes powerful. 
they had the experience, then together they begin to proclaim. Are you with me? How many of you would like to counter culture? Okay, I want you to, when I'm going to ask you a question, then I'm going to give you a phrase. How many of you want to get the world's attention? It's going to take more than music, more than a cool outfit. It's going to take us keep coming together. Are you with me? We have to keep getting together. What's going to counter culture? Keep getting together. What is going to strengthen the lonely and those who are discouraged? We keep getting together. What is going to heal a heart that is so pain? Met with a couple last Sunday after church and the woman started counseling women during COVID. She's now going through counseling courses, one of them how to heal through inner healing. And she said, Pastor Jude, she said, I realize a lot of the issues in my life and marriage was that little girl within who was restricted and forbidden to be herself but now my life is becoming whole because that little girl is being healed. How can we bring healing to people? We have to keep getting together. Can you say amen? And I really do believe that. Go to this scripture with me. Go to Hebrews chapter 10. We experience God together and we share with others. It's just that simple. We experience God together and we share with others. This is Hebrews chapter 10. Smile like your neighbor, say together. Look at your other neighbor. And if you're single and they're single, this is really good to say, I just hooked you up. <laughs> say, we're together. Oh, okay, okay. Here we go. Hebrews 10, verse 24 and 25, towards the end of the Bible. Some people are doing it on their smartphone. It takes a little bit longer to get there. It's okay. It says here, let us, not let me. Let us consider, that means you have an intelligence, you're pondering in your mind one another in order to stir up love and good works. Verse 25, not forsaking the assembling. What is that? Not getting together. Not getting together. Forsaking the assembling of ourselves as some are doing. Oh, it's just Jesus and me. Yeah, but you're going to need someone to encourage you when you're in a field at night. And it says this, as in the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day of the Lord approaching. You know, it's uh, interesting. I'm really not a good evangelist. I am not, really, I'm not great at sharing Christ, if I be honest with you. Becky's amazing. And we will be walking in Pierpont, which is houses on the beach here in Ventura, you exit to go to in and out and then you see those houses. We live by one of those. And so we could be walking hand in hand and she will meet a couple that's new to the area. And she'll go, hi, my name's Jude. This is my husband, Jude. Do you know Jesus? And I'm like, oh God, oh God. <laughs> I like go over hand. I just keep, oh no, oh God. I, no. I mean, she, it's like driving with someone who makes a right or a left turn and there's no blinker. It's like, whoa, I just got a whiplash from that. Could you not ask them their name, the day they were born? Hi, how long have you, do you know Jesus? You know, and that's, I'm not that guy. And can I say, I do better when 
a group of us are maybe out to lunch or dinner, and there's some believers and some that are going to come to believe, and they say, Becky, tell them your story. And she goes, which one? <laughs> she has so many. Say, tell them how you used to stutter. And the people go, you used to stutter? She says, yeah, I couldn't say my name. And she starts telling how in one moment God touched her. And it doesn't matter if someone's a believer or they're coming to believe because we're doing it together. It is a share. We're sharing together with others that it becomes powerful. It says the shepherds talked to one another. Then they went together to find Mary Joseph and the baby. And then when they left that situation, together they began to share. And it's something about that. It doesn't have to be awkward. So I'm challenging us. Tis the season. Don't go to Starbucks alone. Don't go to a party alone. Bring a believer and one who's going to come to believe and together begin to share and see what a powerful proclamation that becomes. Okay, we're going to be ending. I'm going to have the gal come up and play on the synthesizer so you'll actually believe me. Now, years ago, I was raised Catholic, but not even a good Catholic. We were pathetic Catholics. I mean, we went to Mass on Christmas Eve and left right after communion. Usually sat in the cry room and left right after communion. But I would go to this crazy church in my hometown. That's where I met Becky. She was checking me out doing worship. That's another sermon. Together we were worshiping, now we're married. And no one in my family would ever go to that church. So I found myself at that church and I was in the back row. And I kid you not, in the back row of that church in 1980, like a shepherd in the field at night, it would be as if the heavens opened. I had heard of Jesus but I began to feel him and witness him and experience him for myself. And I ran to the front of that altar. No one in the Catholic church. I mean, did you ever see someone running at the priest? My son, get out of here. Mary, help. (laughs) Mary, hail Mary, full of grace. Get this kid out of here. Kid you not, they leave me in that prayer. Jesus, forgive me, forgive me. I knew I was a sinner. I didn't need anyone to tell me that. I needed someone to tell me goodwill and peace. I knew I sinned. I thought he was mad as purgatory at me. But in that moment, I felt the goodwill of God and the peace of God. And I promise you, you never guess what they said next. They didn't say, fill out a red card. Go to the information booth. They're going to give you a gift. You'll never guess what these people said because they had something that I think we may have lost, misplaced at best. They said tonight was one of those night services, which was crazy. When you go home, 
contact a family member or friend and share with them, share with others, share with them what has happened to you tonight. So, whoa, I kind of wanted to keep this on the DL. Jesus, my faith is private. It's between me and God. You'll never see that in the Bible. And so, I went home, mama's there, my twin sister, aunts, isn't it like God? Why did they all have to be at the house that night? I was hoping no one's home, I'm gonna share with the dog. (laughs) When you experience God together, and then you share with others, something powerful happens. And I went, mom goes, where were you? Clubbing? Not exactly. I went to church, Sacred Heart or Holy Cross? No. That funky Pentecostal church on the bad side of town. Oh, goodness. Why in the world would you go to that church? The people are crazy there. I go, mm-hmm. I said, Mama, all I know, I experienced God with a group of people. They gave this invitation to come down publicly and I ran down front without the thought or care of what anyone thought. And I have given my heart to Jesus Christ. They started laughing. So oh, it's a fad. Your uncle went through that, now look at him. Can I tell you right now, that fad has lasted over 41 years because something powerful solidifies a, a God experience when you get up and you begin to share. Come on. I'm gonna sit down again, not slouching. They say, put a foot on the floor and you won't slouch as much. Oh God, try to figure it out. Okay, here we go. The Bible says, I want you to go all the way towards the end of this. I want to go back to the verse. I promise you we're ending. How many of you give me two minutes? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Okay, that's 20 minutes. Thank you, thank you. Look at verse 19. I promise you we're ending. We're really ending. Mary, the virgin Mary, who had an angel appear to her, not just an angel, get this, probably I would say of the characters of the Bible, Moses, Abraham, Elijah, Elisha, David, Mary. It's not just an angel, they named the angel, the chief managing archangel, the CEO of angels, Gabriel, strength of God, appears to her saying, you're gonna, get pregnant with a child and you're going to conceive and that which you conceive will be because of the power of the most high 
and she believed and she became pregnant, virgin born. And she needed someone together to experience. And get this, verse 19 says this, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Circle the word, keep and ponder, keep and ponder. She kept all these things, she, Mary kept all these things and pondered them where? In her heart. In the Greek, you know what that means? To keep keeping together. I know that doesn't make sense, I'm gonna explain it. Keep keeping together. I know that doesn't make sense, I'm gonna explain it. Keep keeping together, you know what it is? It's revolving. In which she was keep keeping together was her God experience. Gabriel told me that I'd be pregnant and I'd have the very Son of God and it would be holy. But all of a sudden, she's just not keeping her experience. She now ties with her experience, the experience not of one, not of two, but a group of shepherds. We were in the field at night and, and all of a sudden the sky opened up and the angel appeared and said, peace and goodwill on earth. And all of a sudden, she ties that with her her experience and she has enough faith because the days ahead they would be going into Egypt and evil would come to the land can I tell you we do not know what's going to happen in 2022 but as we share with one another we will have an unshakable faith in God amen okay can I tell you one more thing you're going to get your books out after this one you better get a pen out Becky rarely gets chills when I speak, but she said she got a chill on this one. There were two types of shepherds in fields. Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads me. Many shepherds, hear me. Many shepherds were nomadic and they would lead their flocks to green grass, to pastures, into what? Not these shepherds. These shepherds were Levitical shepherds. This field was not in Galilee. It was not in Nazareth. It was in Bethlehem, the house of bread. In the house of bread, meaning soon, tonight, one would be born and he would become the very bread of life. These Levitical priests in their field, which was at night, was near the temple. And the sole purpose of them watching, guarding, protecting, and laying their lives down for these sheep was to raise up sacrificial lambs for the atonement of the people of God. Why did they have such, qualified them to have such an experience? Because of the sacrifice that would come before them. And they said, the angel said, and this will be the sign, not a sign, the sign. This will be the sign. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloth. I've read that probably almost 200 years. I'm not 200 years. Oh my God. <laughs> yes, I'm 400 years old. <laughs> oh my God. 200 times, all right. Man, you look great for 200. <laughs> Not good for 61 and a half though. Okay, 200 times back, back, back. Get this. I have read that until this, this week. 
And I just thought it was like birth. For example, we have Jude, John, and Jake. When Jude was born at 5.07, John at 4.37 a.m., two years later, almost on the day, Jake two years later, but he was born at 12.30. And they would wash them, clean them, and wrap them real, real tight. And they'd hand the baby to Becky, and she would begin to nurse. Man, that, that hits me. That was like one of the greatest experiences of my life. I remember holding each one of them just looking and staring at them. That's what I thought this was. And I thought, how can that be a, the sign? Most people, even Ezekiel said, in Israel, when a baby's born, you'll obey them, you'll clean them, purify them with salt, then you will wrap them. That's not what this is. This isn't that sign. You see, the Levitical priest, when a lamb was born, they would inspect it. And if it was without blemish and without spot and perfect, after they washed it, they wrapped it in swaddling cloths that it would not be injured. And they had it in the birthing cave. That's where the lamb. So when the shepherds came and they saw Mary and Joseph, and get this, the baby, the baby wasn't wrapped in swaddling cloth for a human, but it was a swaddling cloth for a lamb that would be used and that cloth represented that it was without blemish, without spot, and it was perfect to take away the sins of the world in the reason, hey! And you know what they experienced that night? That there was one that took away all their sins at the same time together and they went out and powerfully shared with others. Come on. Stand at your feet, people. Amen? Is that not good? How many of you need sin to be wiped away? 2,000 years ago, there was a baby born in a manger. Was not fit for the rest of culture. But they wrapped him in the cloth of a lamb's sacrifice. And the Lamb of God was born to take away my sin forever. Can I set you free today? Jesus not only died for the sin of the past, he died for the sin I commit now, and he died for the sin in the future. I stand before God without spot, without blemish because of the Lamb of God. Amen? Now I want to ask this. I'm going to count to three in a moment. There is no way that you or I can remove our sin. Only Jesus Christ can do that. How many of you ever felt bad about what you do? So, one time I sinned, it was probably yelling, getting angry, thinking wrong. Threw myself on the couch. Oh, I hate my sin, I hate it. I felt the impression in my mind, God saying, no, you don't, you love it. He said, you only do things that you love. He said, invite me into that area of your life. I was trying to shield that from God as if he didn't know. Come on in my life, Lord. Oh, not this part. It's really dark and dismal. Can I say that's the very part Jesus Christ wants to come in? Amen. How many of you would say today that I want to open every part of my life to Jesus Christ? I mean, every part. And... I am going to trust him to take away that sin. And by the time 2022 strikes, come on, in a few weeks, I will know that is a reality.
that I am a new person, I'm a different person, I'm going to forget that, and I'm going to press on to the upward call of God in Jesus Christ. I'm going to make Jesus, I'm going to make my whole life available to Jesus Christ. So I'm going to count to three, you're going to raise your hand like the shepherds, and you're going to commit your whole life to Christ. One, on three, you're going to lift your hand. Two, three, right now, just lift your hand all over. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirty, forty, fifty, sixty. Everybody pray this with me. Say, Jesus, forgive me. Come in my heart. I thank you, Lord. You are that perfect sacrifice. I am forgiven, I am saved, I am whole, and I'll tell someone in Jesus' name. Look, this is where I am. Share with someone. Share with someone. Let me see, this happened to me probably about nine years ago. A friend of mine who was is, I guess, an alcoholic asked if I would go to an AA meeting. And I'd never been in an AA meeting, but I led him to Christ. I said, sure. And so him and another guy and I are driving to the meeting. He goes, it's a closed meeting. And I didn't know what that meant. He goes, you could only go if you're an alcoholic. You're an al- you were an alcoholic, right? And I go, no, you can't go to the meeting. I go, forget it. Okay, I'll be an alcoholic. <laughs> And so I'm thinking, oh my gosh. So I thought, you know, and the guy who's leading the meeting, he's a moderator, he keeps looking, you know, and I thought, well, if they call, I just say, hi, everybody, I am Pastor Jude, and I am an alcoholic, and good God, I drank yesterday, no. (laughs) You know what's powerful about what they do in those meetings? Is that they share with others. And that becomes the catalyst to solidify the experience you had in your heart. And it would be better to share, like, you know, okay, we're going to go to lunch today. And you don't know someone, hey, can I tell I had a God experience. Okay, see you. I'm out of here. It would be better to share with someone like mama or a friend or a spouse or a boyfriend or a girlfriend because it solidifies. Are you with me? Now, this is the last thing I want to pray. Honestly, we're ending. I'm plans my god no not really we're honoring all the leaders they have a taco truck tacos and it's going to be a cool thing and i'm going to party with friends after so if you are afraid today and i'm afraid and we're afraid i promise you it's because it's something we don't know what will happen in the future or it's out of our control and i want to pray for you It's amazing what people do when fear hits them. Some people cower. Others just put on, no, I'm not afraid. And they're the most afraid. And I just want to pray right now. Do you mind just right where you're at, online in here, I just want to pray that our God experience together today and our sharing with others together is going to break and overpower that fear. Now, God, you have not given us a spirit or an attitude of fear, but one of power and love 
and a sound mind. And God, right now, I pray health in people's minds, health in people's emotions. Our choices in the days ahead will not be generated, Lord, out of an atmosphere or a mindset or even uh, a logic of fear and brokenness. Father, even like the woman last week, for those of us who had an injured boy on the inside or an injured little girl that reacts with those whom we love the most, and we do not want to do that, but it's like a trigger. God, I come now, and I pray that that perfect Lamb of God in a swaddling cloth begin to heal now. Heal that girl, heal that boy, that we are not going to react every time life doesn't go our way. We're going to respond with the confidence and the joy and the mercy and the peace and the goodwill of God. In Jesus' name, amen. We so appreciate you spending time with us. If you'd like to invest into what God is doing through City Church California, you can go to our website, citychurchca.com, and click Give. Thanks again, and we hope to see you at one of our campuses this Sunday.